Good morning. I hear some of you guys are tired, so hopefully we will keep the energy high. My name is Kayla Olszewski. I am on staff with Disciple Makers. I live in State College, and I serve in the headquarters with my husband, Caleb. He was on the worship team this morning. Um, I'm going to jump right in with a story that's kind of embarrassing. Um, When I was in 10th grade, I was really struggling with friendships and relationships. I had just moved to the school district about two years prior, and I'm just trying to find my foundation just with friends and things like that. A lot of people who I was starting to gain friendships with, they knew each other for a very long time. They had about a decade or so of time with each other. And so I was pretty envious of that and kind of just assumed that I was not really going to get there. And so I wallowed instead of really pursuing friendship well with the ladies around me. And so what does one do when you wallow? Well, I thought it would be a great idea to log on to Facebook. And let me tell you, everyone had a Facebook. And everyone was on Facebook several times a day. And I logged on to Facebook, I picked up my keyboard, and I got to typing. I'm going to spare some of the details of what I said about some of my friends on Facebook. But what I did was on a public platform in front of the entire school, I questioned my friend's character, their motives, and their integrity. I gossiped about them. I slandered them openly. And I walked into school as if nothing had happened the next day, just unaware of my ignorance. And so what I did is I broke a lot of friendships and trust that I was starting to build and that I could have had. Um, in, my word, in those moments, my words, they killed friendships. They killed community. Um, yeah, and they killed um, belonging that I could have had. The words that we're going to talk about today are similar to the words that I said about my friends on Facebook. They are words that are sneaky and vicious and can really decimate entire communities. These words often kind of go undiagnosed under anecdotes like, "Ah, it's not that bad, or you can talk about that with them later. It's fine. It's fine. And so when I treat words like this, when we treat words like this, They kind of can grow and fester and can get out of control very quickly. So we already got a taste of that today in the story that I shared, but the words that we're going to focus on today are called sins of the tongue. And the two words that we're going to talk about are gossip and slander. My hope at the end of this workshop is that we're going to walk away with a framework for what gossip and slander are, that we are going to understand what the Lord has to say about gossip and slander, We're going to look at where is our hope in the midst of it, and we're going to talk about some practicals and how to deal with it at the end. So let's pray together, and we're going to jump into point one. Dear God, thank you so much for the time that we've had together, Lord. Thank you that you are teaching us what it looks like to be elect exiles in your world and in the community with others, Lord. Would you help us to use our words to build each other up and to love each other well and to not tear down those around us? Would we reflect you and how we care for people and how we image people, Lord? Would you bless our time and would you use our word, your words to store our hearts um, back to you and continuously pursue you? In your name I pray, amen. So let's talk about this framework of gossip and slander. So we're going to define gossip. So if you look at point one on your outline, gossip. A gossiper is a person who has privileged information and proceeds to reveal that information to those who have no business knowing it. 
I'll repeat that again. A gossiper is a person who has privileged information and proceeds to reveal that information to those who have no business knowing it. Gossip, it's different than just sharing information in about two ways. The first way is intent. Gossipers often have the aim of building themselves up and making others look bad. They kind of love to air other people's dirty laundry. We have Proverbs like Proverbs 18.8 that says the words of a whisperer or a gossiper are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inward parts of the body. And so it can just really feel appealing to partake in it. Like when you think of the word delicious morsel, you're like, man, that sounds so good. It's like decadent, amazing. Like I've been obsessed with making French macaroons for the last two weeks. I post about it on my Instagram stories. I share it with people. If you want a French macaroon, come see me later. I have a few in my fridge. They are amazing. And just like French macaroons or macarons, I keep saying it wrong. So is gossip. Like gossip feels delicious to partake in. When you hear somebody talking about someone else, you just want to lean in and just hear, even if you don't partake in it. It's great. It feels great. So the second way gossip is different is the type of information that is shared. A gossiper, they usually speak of the sins and the failings and the shortcomings of other people. They like to reveal embarrassing details regarding the lives with no knowledge or even any approval. So even if a gossiper, they mean no harm, it's still gossip. So you might not be trying to build yourself up and you might not be trying to tear other people down, but we're still revealing information that does not belong to us, to other people. And so to give an example, maybe my cousin Sandra will say, she just broke up with her boyfriend, Brad. They were living together for so long, and I just come up to you, and I'm like, man, did you hear about Sandra and Brad? Like, they just broke up. That's so sad. Now they have to move out. She has to move into her parents' house, and she's pushing 35, and I don't know what she's going to do. Is she going to find someone else? My goodness. I just feel so bad for her. Like, do you have any, like, you have any advice that I could give her? It sounds like I might have some good intent there. You know, I said, I feel so bad for her. Do you have some advice? But what I did was I shared very specific details that I probably did not get approval over. And so I gossiped, and that is not okay. So next, let's define slander. What is slander? What does that mean? So slander is the action of making a false statement damaging to another person's reputation. I'll repeat that again. Slander is the action of making a false statement damaging to another's reputation. So slander can be intentionally lying about another person's character or actions and things that they've done. See, there's another tricky part that kind of comes with slander. So sometimes you can slander someone and you can be thinking you're telling the wholehearted truth. Um, Sometimes we don't hear information completely and so we don't have the full story. Or you've found a scandal and you're like, man, I'm going to be the whistleblower and blow the roof off of this situation. But if we've not taken the time to understand what happened in a scenario, we might be slandering someone openly and it's just a very, very slippery slope. I'll give one great example 
of slander. And that is really in the garden with Adam and Eve and the serpent. If you look at your packet, you can see the text here. We're in Genesis 3, verses 1 through 5. I'll read it for us. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God really say that you shall not eat of the fruit, any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, you may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So God sets up the boundaries for Adam and Eve to live well in the garden. And here comes the serpent. And he asks these questions of Eve. And there's a few things at play here. Eve might not have been the best listener because she added to what God said. But did you catch how crafty the serpent was? He slanders God. He slandered God by communicating something about him that was not true. He wanted to make God out to be a liar, someone who was not worth following. And so it's no wonder that we often struggle with slander or even gossip in our life because a lie that broke our relationship with God, you know, one that the serpent is telling Eve, that lie plagues us today. The fall began with it. And so if I had to kind of boil down gossip and, and slander, I would say they often look like identical twins. If you've met anyone, you can tell that they definitely have a lot of similarities, but there are some unique differences between the two. And just like that, gossip and slander are similar. Gossip and slander, they both have the aim of building yourselves up and tearing other people down, but the differences should be clear. Gossip is idle and careless conversation, but slander is often more darker, it's proud, and it's often intentional, harmful talk. And so you can kind of think of gossip as an action and, and slander as the intent, if you want to kind of divide them a little bit. And so I don't know about you, these definitions kind of feel heavy. I reflect of, about the memories that I've, I've already done. I shared one of those memories with you. And there are a lot of scriptures that kind of talk about these things. I think in my research, I found over 60 verses, but we are going to focus just on a few. And so we're going to jump right into Matthew 12, 34. It says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The tongue, it's an instrument that reveals our hearts. So when we gossip and we slander, it's not something that just came out of nowhere. Like it just popped up on our lap like, oh, whoops, I just kind of did it. Like, no, these words are the feelings that have been stirring in our hearts already. And our tongues are just the thing that tipped over the cup. And what came spilling out was pretty obvious. It's our sin and it's our pride in thinking that we are better than other people. So the implications here are the tongue, reveal, the tongue reveals what's in our hearts. So the implications here are the tongue is what reveals our hearts. Next, I'm going to jump into Romans 1, verses 29 through 32. It says, They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetedness, malice, 
They were full of envy and murder and strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. They are foolish, faithfulness, heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree that all who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. So if you know anything about the first chapter of Numbers, or Romans, it talks about how the lawlessness of mankind, you can see the list of some of the people who are lawless, the the descriptors of who they are. It talks about how they are pursuing these things and God gives them up over to their desires and what they want. And so this highlights that the people in this list, those are people who are under God's wrath. Like wrath is being poured out onto them. And so unrepentant gossipers and slanderers, they are under God's wrath. And so the implications of these verses should be clear. When I, or when we partake in gossip and slander, we don't look like someone who has been saved by grace. We look like someone who does not know God's grace. The implications should be clear. When we partake in gossip and slander, we don't look like someone who has been saved by grace. We look like someone who doesn't truly know it. The next verses are James chapter three, verses seven through 12. I'll read it. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creatures can be tamed or can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse the people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. These verses, they're, they're heavy. It says everything can be tamed but the tongue. What I find very interesting about these verses is that James kind of point us, points us into the direction of really seeing people's value, human, and human dignity. It says, as we gossip and slander, as we use our tongue to destroy, as we bless the Lord with our tongues and we curse those around us, we are not seeing people as fellow image bearers when we tear them down. We don't see them having been made in the likeness, in the beauty, in the dignity that the Lord has given them. We don't see them that way when we partake. And so when we share the public and private failings of others in this world, we don't live like they are our brothers and sisters in Christ. The next verses are Proverbs 16 and verses 28. It says, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. So a slanderer or a gossiper, they create and they spread conflict. They break apart true and good friendship between people. These verses described me in high school. Maybe they've described you at one point. So when rumors are being spread about people that you love, they will not end well, especially when you are the culprit. One of the last verses I want to share with you is probably the most weighty. It comes from the lips of Jesus himself. It's from Matthew 12, verses 36 through 37. It says, I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. 
For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. The implications here are weighty. They are very weighty. On judgment day, we will need to give an account for every word that we speak. We will either be justified by our words or we will be condemned by our words. Like, do you feel the weight of that? Like, if I thought I had a leg to stand on, with, these, with this verse in particular, Jesus went and kicked it on, right on out of me. These scriptures help us to see that we can't really rely on the excuse of, well, I wasn't really thinking. I can ask for forgiveness later. It's totally fine. Or even, I was just joking. It's, it's, it, I wasn't serious. Because we have Proverbs, like Proverbs 26, verses 18 through 19, that says, Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I am only joking. Let's, let's think about firebrands, arrows, and death for a second. When you throw, when you, you know, take a quiver, put a bow in your quiver, and shoot an arrow, can you take that back? Can you hit the rewind button? No. If you are doling out death, can you take that back? Like, you're not Jesus. You can't, you know, raise Lazarus from the dead. You can't, right? And the same is like with our words. Like, when you speak those words, you can't take them back. You can't put them under a cover of, I'm just joking. It's totally fine. Like, the scriptures are clear. We are accountable to our words. They have done their damage, and they've likely hurt those that are around us. And so these scriptures, they talk about how dangerous the tongue is how it's a restless evil that breaks people apart, that breaks down communities. And, left, and when left with the weight of the scriptures, it can be really easy to think, oh, what do I do with this? I feel guilty. I don't know what, I don't know what to do. Maybe because I can't control my tongue or my words, I'll just won't talk to anyone, right? I'll just live life as a hermit, live up on a hill. Nobody will be there. Probably not a good idea. That's not great. And maybe you're like, well, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to partake of it. You know, I'm just going to jump right in since I can't avoid it. Also, not a great idea. So what do we do? What's the answer? Where is our hope? And so, friends, I'd say our hope is in the gospel. It's the gospel that's going to free us. For those who don't know what the gospel is, I'm going to make it abundantly clear. We fight gossip and slander because of the good news of the gospel. And the gospel, it addresses our biggest issue, our biggest problem, and that God is holy and righteous and good, and we are not. And in God's perfect plan of redemption, he made a way through his son, Jesus. Jesus, who is both fully God and fully man, he made a perfect, he lived a perfect life without sin in perfect obedience to God. He humbled himself unto death to satisfy God's righteous wrath on our sin. He drank the cup that we could never drink, that we could not stand before God on our own. And he didn't just leave it at that. He lived, he rose again from the grave, defeating death, defeating sin, and giving us a new life and a new name in him. We have hope of this new life in our resurrected savior, one that we get to worship endlessly for all eternity. Friends, this is the gospel. Do you hear it? Because of Christ, we are not a slave to our sins and we are not a slave to our tongues. We have the ability to fight sin and put sin to death because Christ has already done it for us. Christ has forgiven our past sin 
He has forgiven our present sin and he will forgive our future sin. And when we really think about it and we think about gossip and slander and how we use our words, Christ, he knows the worst things about us. He sees it. He knows what you've done. He knows what you will do. And does he talk about it? Does he tear down your character about it? No. What does he do? He covers it. He covers our sin. He covers our failings and our words and how we treat other people. He knows our shortcomings. He knows our failures. And we can live life knowing that we are redeemed by our Savior. Friends, we don't have to be empty talkers, ones who just talk about other people's lives frivolously and who don't care, other, care about other people. We can be friends who fill others up with life. Proverbs 12, 18 says, there is one who's like rash words are like sword thrusts. I should make a edit that you've got to put 12, 18 in your packet because that's the wrong verse. <laughs> there is one whose words are like sword thrusts but the mouth of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 16, 24 says, gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Friends, it would be enough for Christ to redeem us from the pit and from eternal separation from God. But he has, and he will continue to redeem our tongues. We have promises from Revelation verses five that says, behold, I am making all things new. Write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. God, he is making all things new. So how do we fight being gossipers and slanders? What does this practically look like? Like, yes, we have the cross of Christ. Yes, we have the hope in the gospel that he frees us from our sin. But what does it look like to be intentional? with ourselves, with our words, and how we interact with those around us. Well, first, I'm going to say we are going to pray. We're going to pray, and we're going to pray some more, and we're going to pray again. <laughs> we need to constantly petition the Lord for our help. In our prayers, we need to recognize that we are helpless without him, that we are hopeless, that when left to our own devices, we would not be standing here as a new creation we would be standing here under judgment. So friends, we got to pray. We have an example from Psalms 141.3. It's supposed to be 141.3 verses 5. I'm going to give you a moment. If you have your Bibles, let's open it up because there's some good, there's some good meat in there. Proverbs 141 verses 3 to 5. It says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart incline to any evil, to busy myself with the wicked deeds in the company of men who work iniquity, and let me not eat of their delicacies. So David knew that he needed help to tame his tongue. This is King David talking, giving you context. Sorry about that. So he, is the, he called upon the only one who he knew could help. What else did David do? Well, you can see here that he recognized that his heart is predisposed to evil. 
Naturally, he knows that his heart, he wants to pursue sin and, to con- and he continuously asks for help. Do you see a pattern here? We need help. We cannot fight the battle of sin and temptation alone. We need to run to the Lord. Next in the Psalm here, we see that David is tempted to be a busybody. Not just a busybody with no aim, but the aim of diving into the wicked deeds with others, those he might call his friends who purposely work out iniquity. Another word for maybe iniquity is also wickedness, so just evil deeds. So a practical way that we might be able to fight sin is to beware those we are around. Like, are we around people or are we taking in content from social media who are sowing seeds of wickedness? Does consuming the content that our friends maybe post or say or the people that we follow, does it lead us to Christ more or does it lead us to tear down Christ's bride? These are really helpful questions and considerations to do when we're considering who our friends are and the content that we're taking in. And I want to add an asterisk to this. I'm not saying we should not be around people who don't know the gospel because that would be opposite to the Great Commission. Like we are called to go to people and to the nations and people who don't know Christ. But what I am saying here is just beware who you're influenced by. Like we want to be those who influence others for the Lord. Like are other people influencing us to grow away from the Lord? If so, we really need to reconsider that relationship and that dynamic. So we want to intentionally seek out those who are imaging Christ and who want to lift Christ up and make his name known. So I have a couple small tips. If we find ourselves in a gossip like gossiping and slandering situation, whether your friends are believers or not. And if we, especially if we're the culprit, I'm just going to assume like I'm usually guilty when it comes to sin. Maybe you are too. I'm not going to put that on you, but you probably are. Okay. Um, so maybe, maybe that's you. What do we do when we find ourselves in that situation and we feel the guilt and the weight of that sin? I don't think we have to avoid it or feel awkward about it. I think we just address it clearly. You can say, hey, like ask for forgiveness. Be clear. Be specific in how you talked about that person, how that thing wasn't right, and how you have sinned against them, and you also sinned against the people who were sitting there listening as well. So be great. Yeah, just be open with your sin. And maybe you've been sinned against and someone has gossiped and slandered about you. Might feel awkward. It might feel hurtful. Likely, you can go up to them and ask them what maybe they were thinking and their intentions were in a situation. Be gracious and ask Ask them to, underst- you want to understand what they were talking about and where they were coming from. Um, or maybe you find yourself and you are, someone is slandering a person in front of you, right? I would say in that situation, you can just be like, hey, like, I don't know if what you're saying is true. This person here, it's not, they're not here to defend themselves. And so I'd really feel uncomfortable talking about this thing. Like, can we change the topic? It might feel blunt. That might not be your modus operandi, but it's just really helpful. You're kind of guarding and protecting that person from sinning against that other person and you. And you can just be clear and gracious with your words as you kind of call that situation out. And maybe you really struggle with this sin. I know that I struggled with it, especially when I was younger. Often when you are struggling with sin, sometimes it might feel more comfortable to just leave that alone and just just struggle with it on your, on your own. But I'd honestly tell you to tell other people, that's point D, tell other people 
Tell your friends that you are struggling with that sin so they can check in with you and ask you how you're doing. Let them know that your weakness, let them call you out. Often as believers, sometimes we try and avoid gossip and slander by masking it under something else that is also a little bit tricky. Sometimes we mask it under asking for advice. Like, hey, I just need to bear all this out on the table so you can tell me what to do with this information. And that is really messy and can be very slippery. And so we kind of have to ask ourselves what our intentions are as we might be in those situations. You might have to ask yourself, am I really trying to build myself up in this situation or am I really truly trying to care for the people that I'm talking about? And if you really find you must share information, I'd say there's kind of two or three things that we need to qualify the information that we share. I'd say one of the things that we can do is keep the details to a minimum. Like the information that we're sharing about another person, if we're trying to ask for advice, like we should not be able to trace back that information and details that you've shared to the other person so it's obvious. Like, oh, you're talking about Rebecca or ah, you're talking about Cassie. No, keep details to a minimum. And especially if you're naming names, you're probably gossiping and slandering. So just don't name names. Just keep it to a minimum. Just maybe a friend that I have or an acquaintance I have. How would you deal with this situation? The next thing I want to share is from Jesus. He says in John 12, 49, that the father has given him words. It says specifically, for I have not spoken out of my own authority, but the father who has sent me has given himself, sorry, has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. So Jesus himself, he doesn't say words frivolously. Like he says words under the authority of God himself. And so this next thing that I might say might seem corny. If you ever went to Sunday school, you might have have lived under this. I know I had. You know the phrase WWJD, like what would Jesus do? Seems super corny, right? But God is, Jesus is kind of saying that. Like what does the father have for me to say? Like what does God have for you to say and how you build other people's up? Like we really need to think about what God would want us to say. And there are kind of three basic questions here that I have on your outline that you can kind of ask yourself before you share information. And not just even when it comes to sharing information, just on how to live life and communicate with other people. The first question is that you want to ask is, does it honor God? Like, does God get the glory about what we're talking about right now? Does he get the glory? Is he lifted high? Are people praising the Lord for what you have to share? Does it love others? Like, is what I'm sharing, does it re- is it really going to bless the hearer and the listener and the person that I'm talking about? Like, is it going to really care for those who I'm talking about? The third question is, is it my information to share? Like, does that information belong to me? If not, probably should not share the details in this information. I think these questions, they really help me to understand my heart clearly in a situation when I really want to talk about other people or I want to talk about information. And if I've asked myself those questions in high school, it probably would have saved me a lot of time. I probably would have been able to maintain really good friendships and really good community with other people. And so lastly, I touched on this in my opening a little bit when saying that I decided to pick up my keyboard and post things on Facebook. I kind of want to touch on social media for a little bit. I think often when we think about social media, we're like, we can gossip freely and slander freely on there. It's totally fine. Like, we can talk about people because I don't know about you. There's a lot of people that talk about a lot of people on social media. 
And so whether people are believers or not, political figures or not, celebrities or not, no matter anyone standing in life, we, these gospel applications, these texts still apply to us and to them. Like God made them as fellow image bearers. We need not tear down the bride of Christ. And so don't air others' dirty laundry on the internet just because other people are doing it. Like if there is something that truly needs to be addressed and you see evil and atrocities and you think that really needs to be shared, I'd say if you really care about another person, if you really care about them and you really feel like that information needs to be talked about, go to that person. Like, are you more concerned about spreading their information on the internet or are you more concerned about restoring them to the Lord and maybe restoring them to another person? Like, really think about that. If you really love and care for another person and you really want to share that information, restore them first to the Lord and restore them to the person that they have sinned against and then don't talk about it anymore because they have been redeemed. They are covered, right? Because Christ, he doesn't air our dirty laundry, so we're not gonna air others either, okay? And another warning that I also want to give um, is if we choose to not go this route of living in right community with others and imaging Christ to others, it will often just reveal more about our own hearts as that we're just, we want to be predisposed to evil. We want to spread maliciously and to be unkind to other people if we do not follow these steps, right? If we're not following God's word here, we want to run the opposite way. And so I just want to make sure there's a clear divide. If you don't want to partake in living in right relationship with people, you are running away from people and you are running away from the Lord. But if you want to pursue a relationship with people, you are running to the Lord, okay? I just want to make that divide clear because I often like to make excuses for myself personally and I just need to sit under what God's word says. And so I know a lot of this is much easier said than done, but we're just going to try and love all parties well by gently calling it out and even just repenting for our own sins and our own failures. We want to be better than David's wicked friends who are just sowing seeds of wickedness. And Lord willing, we can be the friends that can really love each other well because we know what the framework of gossip and slander is. We know what the Lord has to say about gossip and slander. Like we have the good news of the gospel that Jesus has covered our sins, that he is making all things new, including our tongues. And we know practically how to fight this sin and this temptation. And so I know this is a lot of information to digest. And so we're going to just sit here in silence for a second. We're going to just like pray that the Lord would tame our tongues, that we would use our tongues to bless other people. And then I'll pray and close us out. So just take a moment, digest some of these texts, and I'll pray to close us. We have sent together, Lord. Thank you for your word and that it's true. Thank you that it's applicable in season and out of season, Lord. Thank you for the ways that you have changed my heart and that you are changing the hearts of the people sitting in these chairs, Lord. Would we use our words to bless others and to not curse others, to not tear down your bride, Lord? Would we make much of you and how we communicate with others? Would we be intentional with the words that we speak? Lord, would you redeeming our hearts, would you continue to redeem our hearts and our minds and our tongues today? Thank you for the time that we could spend together. Pray that we would go out with, with a vision on how to love others well and how to image you well. Thank you for this time, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.